Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to Scranton, a podcast dedicated to Scottish food and drink. This week we're all about January and I'm going to be talking to Caitlin Dewar, a reporter on the Edinburgh Evening News, and Jimmy Lee, the owner and chef of Lightyear Oriental in Glasgow. I spoke to Caitlin earlier about what Edinburgh foodies can expect in January. It might be cold and dark, but you guys have got a lot to look forward to on the food and drink scene. As far as openings go this month, it's quite quiet. I think everyone's in the the January slump, so there's a lot of deals going on in January. Tattoo, for one, is doing 30% off. People remember them doing 50% off just before Christmas and New Year, but now they're in their 30% off period. But yeah, as I said, openings are quite quiet. There's not many people opening up new places in January because people don't have the money to go out as much. Wagamama is going to be opening up at Fort Canaird, but that's not until March. And Bros Bagels is set to open in Stockbridge, but I don't believe we have a set date date for it yet. Just before Christmas we had a new Ting Tai caravan open up on Lothian Road and Cutting Chai which is an Indian tapas opened up in Leith which I've heard a lot of buzz about. In terms of Veganuary, um, there's a load of places doing specials as well. So Severino's have got a specific Veganuary pizza and pasta on. There's obviously the Greg's Vegan Steak Pick, which has taken to the, the stores by storm. And uh, the M&S Plant Kitchen range has really taken off. I've noticed a lot of people using a lot of those products. It's certainly a lot more accessible than it was maybe two or three years ago. There was also a lot of buzz about Wagamama, uh, and they have got a new vegan menu as well well which includes a tuna dish which is actually made from sliced watermelon. Greg's profits were up last year uh, with the launch of their vegan sausage roll and their vegan steak bake. We've seen the results of this in their announcement that they're giving their staff members around a £300 bonus each because their profits have been so high. My thoughts on the veganuary trend, it's obviously taken off in the past few years. We've got more and more people going vegan now and more and more people trying veganism. I don't think there's any harm in doing veganuary at all. We're all aware of the global warming issues that are on the rise. And now industry professionals are more cautious about food waste and dietary requirements. So it's become a lot more accessible. There's been a burst in the market with vegan products going mainstream. And I think it's a a healthy option for people and it lets people try different types of foods that they wouldn't have necessarily tried before. Is it necessarily healthier? I'm not 100% sure. I think it depends on what you're putting in your body. But I think the one problem that arises from veganuary is people put so much pressure on a whole month of of not eating any kind of meat or animal product. It's the same with dry January as well. People put so much pressure on you can't drink a drop for the month, whereas actually just cutting down is going to make a huge amount of difference as well. 
This week I'm in Glasgow chatting with owner and chef of Lighty Oriental, Jimmy Lee. Jimmy has starred in TV programmes such as The Great British Menu and was named Chef Personality of the Year in 2018. I'll be finding out more about this, plus how Jimmy got into cooking and what his inspirations are. Hello Rosalind, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? Great, doing great. So we're here in Lighty Oriental, which is in the city centre of Glasgow, close to Central Station. But what I'm keen to find out is, how did you get into cooking? Well, I actually got into cooking from a very young age. I mean, obviously mum and dad uh, came over here and uh, they opened up a, a restaurant in Hamilton. So from a very young age, I was running around the, the kitchen and the, the restaurant. Um, just that was my that was my playing field. I mean, you had some kids running around uh, Hamilton, Strathclyde Park and stuff with um, big sticks and stuff. But I was uh, running around the, the, the kitchen, pouring myself drinks and cocktails when I was about eight years old. Um, I actually remember I uh, used to make these mad concoctions in, in the bar in the, in, the, in the restaurant one of them being a, a beer mixed with tea and Coca-Cola so that was, uh, was the most disgusting drink I've ever made so I uh, Hopefully telling you that, hopefully social services won't uh, be phoning my mum and dad about, about that. Although that drink sounds like something you might get in a bar now these days. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think it's called a Long Island iced tea or something. <laughs> So whereabouts, you said your mum and dad came over, whereabouts did they come over from and why? Uh, they came over in the 1960s from Hong Kong, um, obviously just for, for a better life, that's, that's the reason why they came over. Wasn't the weather then? It might have been, I might have been, I mean it's like 25 degrees in Hong Kong constantly every day, so some people don't like that, some people like uh, the, the dreary, rainy weather, so that's probably why they came for that. <laughs> Um, so was it your mum and dad that your main that are your main inspirations for your current career, like cooking and all that? I definitely think so. Um, I mean, my mum and my dad, but especially my dad, because I used to watch my dad. You could just see every day he would go into work if uh, really early in the morning, come back late at night, half day off uh, every single week. So definitely my dad, really hardworking, such an inspiration. So that's how I got into the cooking. And... So, obviously, as I said, we're sitting here in Lychee uh, in Glasgow. 15 in Mitchell Street, may I add? <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit in the way, but what traditional Chinese methods are used in cooking and do you use any of them in here? Traditional methods of uh, Chinese cooking, I mean, there's several. There's steaming, there's wok cooking, and there's also roasting. Um, we, use all, we use all three of these methods in Lychee Oriental. I mean, steaming, we've got this big commercial steamer and we use that to steam the, the dim sum we also use that to steam the the fish we use we've got halibut uh, scottish sea bass and um, monkfish so that's used for steaming that and there's also the, the wok burners wok burning uh, the wok burners here you wouldn't be able to use them in residential areas i mean if your normal walks in your home you'd probably be able to heat that up to 220 degrees the wok burners we use here uh, intense heat up to 700 degrees heat and that's what gives it that carbonised um, um, flavour in, in the dishes we've got here in Lychee Oriental. And in the dishes do you fuse um, Scottish and Chinese cooking or is it just more Scottish ingredients that you would use? It's more just about the, the, the Scottish ingredients because we've got a lot of um, local suppliers here and they supply me with all my, my pork and my beef and my um, f- my seafood. One of the most popular dishes we've got here is the sea bass dish 
dishes, and that's fresh Scottish sea bass. Um, we use that. There's a steamed sea bass dish we've got, we've got which has got uh, ginger spring onions and shiitake mushrooms with a uh, with some light soy sauce. So that's an, a, a very popular and amazing dish we've got here, as well as the the Thai sea bass dish, which is a crispy sea bass. It sounds quite healthy as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's all healthy here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, would you? Is it sea bass? Is, is that one of your favourite Scottish ingredients? Or favourite Scottish? Yeah, probably. All Scottish seafood, and we've got scallops as well. That's one of my favourite ones to use. It's very light, delicate seafood that we use here in Lagiorento as well. So it's probably all Scottish seafood, including your scallops and your sea bass. And you've been on TV, been a TV chef on various different programmes. How did this come about and did you enjoy the experience? Well, working on TV, I've worked with many um, great TV uh, personalities and chefs, including Prue Leaf. Um, I've worked with um, um, Chef Graeme Campbell and Michael Keynes. How it all came about was, basically, it was one, one day a PR guy just phoned me up and said, would you like to go on TV if there's a new TV channel? It was about five years ago. It was called STV Glasgow. And I said, yeah, I'll go for a rehearsal. And then the rest is history after that. Went for the rehearsal, loved what I had to do. I did 50 live shows on what was then called the, the Riverside Show on STV Glasgow. So I loved every minute of it. Live as well, which could be quite nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing was, <laughs> live was very, very nerve-wracking. But for some reason, I managed to pull it every pull it off every single time, which was a great buzz. There was one time they actually even phoned me up fifteen. No, actually, it was, I think it was about twenty minutes before they went live. So there was a taxi waiting outside for me, and I was actually cooking here. I think it was like ten to seven on a Friday night. So straight in that taxi, and then I was all of a sudden I was live in the studio cooking away. So that was a that was a great buzz. That was. <laughs> Who's been your favourite chef to collaborate or, and cook with? Well, I've worked with uh, numerous chefs. I mean, if you if you take Prue Lee, for example, she's not an actual chef as such, but she was great to work with. I worked with her in, in My Kitchen Rules, where I was a judge for the, the Scottish Heats, and uh, we spent the whole day together. Uh, she's great to chat to and stuff. Working-wise, capacity-wise, on the Great British menu, working with Chef Green Campbell was great because, I mean, he didn't hold any secrets. I mean, probably chefs don't want to tell you how they, they cook and stuff, but Green was great to work with him. He showed me all his techniques. But back in that time when smoking your, your dishes, such as like using the big massive glass tumbler with the smoking side, was all the rage. When he started it off back then, he showed me how he was doing that with his smoking contraption. Also how he sous vide and, and basically like the boil in the bag stuff that you get used to do. So he, he, he taught me how he used to um, vacuum pack stuff and sous vide items. And I would show him how I would steam um, items and, and wok fry as well. Going back to the restaurant, um, what challenges do you think you this is a funny one. Challenges, I mean, some things you can't predict. Um, I mean, sometimes it's going to be really heavy with snow. People can't come out and that does affect your business. Other times, I've, I've actually had it good in the last five years where there's, I won't name any football teams, but when the, there's two football teams that haven't played each other for five years. In so Glasgow. The, <laughs> in Glasgow. So I've had it good then. But since they've been playing each other, and for example, in December alone, we were quiet for two days in December because these two, good for Glasgow, these two Glaswegian teams played each other twice, but we were really quiet then. But that's part of the business. I, I, I mean, people love it when like the Fast and Furious team come to Glasgow, but that does affect business because roads get shut and people don't come into Glasgow. I mean, I mean, ne next month, I mean, people are, uh, are really excited to see the Batmobile and Batman, the Batman movie coming to Glasgow, but that will affect business because roads will be closed and it affects people coming into Glasgow. And one of the things that can also affect your business would be um, dietary requirements. But on the way in, I 
saw that you've got a dedicated gluten-free set menu. How did that come about? Oh, the gluten-free set menu, that, that, that's a, there's a funny story behind that. Probably about five years ago, there was a girl that came in and every time she came in, she would be unwell and then she would tell us about it. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, every time I would, I, I mean, I think it was about the third time where I'd totally 100% was adamant and sure it couldn't have been our food so but from then she came in another day after that I think it was a, I think it was the fourth time she came in and says actually it wasn't your food I've just been diagnosed as being a celiac so I need to have gluten-free dishes so I actually sat with her and we devised the menu together and then that that's the rest is history with the gluten-free menu uh, not a lot of Chinese places or restaurants or takeaways do it but we do it now because we've devised a menu that's catered towards the, the celiac uh, the celiac and the, the people that want to eat the gluten-free dishes. So moving on from that, uh, it's going to be Chinese New Year on the 25th of January. How is food used to celebrate this occasion? Well, this year is the year of the, the rat and, well, it doesn't matter what year it is, every year it, we celebrate Chinese New Year by having a big massive banquet, almost like Christmas, where people get together around the table and then they have a big slap-up meal which would consist of like fish, um, some roasts like roast duck and roast pork. That's basically, to me, what Chinese New Year is all about, just celebrating with, with your friends and family. And will you be having a big family meal? Oh, definitely. Um, again, we have a big family meal every year. So this year, I think it's my, my dad's turn to, to cook as a big uh, family meal. So it'll be great, great fun. So one of these uh, sections we have on the podcast is called uh, Desert Island Drinks or Drams. If you're a whiskey drinker, uh, are you a whiskey drinker? I used to be a heavy whiskey drinker. Not so much in the last couple of years, but I used to be a... a I'll just say a, a, a heavy whiskey drinker, okay, well, we <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> we could do, uh, do a mix of, of both. So if you only had three drinks to take onto a desert island with you, what would they be and why? This is a funny one, but I would take a bottle of uh, old recipe iron brew. <laughs> Who doesn't love iron brew? And old recipe stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the secret, the good stuff, the good stuff. I would also have some bubble tea. I don't know if you've heard of bubble tea, but um, it's all the rage in, in Taiwan and China. Uh, a few bubble tea places have opened up in, in Glasgow as well, but I'd take a, um, a bubble tea as well. She's got the tapioca. That's right. It's got the the tapioca. It's the tapioca balls. Have, have you seen it before? Mm. Yeah, I think I've tried it once. It's, it's just basically milky tea uh, with some tap, tapioca uh, balls in it um, and you just drink it out of a big massive straw. Um, but just be careful you don't drink too much of it because um, it's quite um, rich in calories. I think there's about 450 calories per per uh, bubble tea drink. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, third, is it our final one after yeah, cheese as well? One, yeah. Final, probably a... A bottle of wine, like a bottle of Pinot Noir, that will, that will keep me going as well. Nice. <laughs> Final section of the podcast is My Life and Food, and we ask you quick fire questions uh, which you need to answer quite quickly. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. You ready? Yeah, okay. Uh, what food brings back childhood memories? <laughs> childhood memories? There's a few, but probably. The actual one that brings back childhood memories, this is, you're going to laugh at this, is actually uh, square sausage and egg rolls. I used to have that for my, my lunch every single lunchtime without fail when I was at, at grammar school um, with a bit of red sauce. That would definitely bring back my childhood memories. If you had an hour to cook a meal for yourself now, what would you make? 
I think I'm really into black bean sauce right now, so I would have on a bed of crispy noodles because I love crispy noodles. Black bean sauce, beef, scallops, and uh, king prawn on a bed of crispy noodles. What's your food guilty pleasure? Food guilty pleasure. Every week is my comfort food. It's got to be a, a curry, a Chinese curry. I have it three times a week. Uh, I make myself a special one, so I chuck in the, the king prawns again, the, the beef and the chicken, special Chinese curry. Got to be lovely. You did a bar at 1am. What drink do you order? A bar at 1am? Um, I probably order myself, I don't know, like a 12-year-old malt or something. I don't know, just to tide me over for the evening. <laughs> Um, and if you knew it was going to be your last ever meal, what would you have? If it's my last ever meal, I'd big it up and I would have a lobster. I think Chinese culture, lobster signifies like uh, wealth and stuff. So, uh, and it's quite, it is quite expensive. So, I'd, why not? And on a bit of crispy noodles again, I would have ginger and spring onions um, with lobster, Chinese style. Oh, well, thank you very much. Sir. Thank you, thank you very much, Rosalind. You can download Scran wherever you listen to your podcasts, but for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. The Android app will be launched on the 20th of January. If you like what you heard, please rate and review Scran and help other listeners discover us too. This is a Laudable production for the Scots Mim. You can find out more about Laudable and its other local podcasts by following us on social media, where we are at Laudable Pods on Twitter and Instagram by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts.